Chapter Seven, Part Four, of the Curious Lore of Precious Stones. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Rita Boutros. The Curious Lore of Precious Stones by George Frederick Kunz. Chapter Seven, Part Four. Religious Uses of Precious Stones, Pagan, Hebrew, and Christian Precious stones have been everywhere regarded as especially appropriate offerings at the shrine of a divinity, for the worshipper naturally thought that what was most valuable and beautiful in his eyes must also be most pleasing to the divinity he worshipped. However, we rarely find the usage which was remarked by Francisco Lopez de Gomara among the Indians of New Granada about the time of the Spanish conquest. These natives burned gold and emeralds before the images of the sun and moon, which were regarded as the highest divinities. Certainly, to use precious stones for a burnt offering was an original and curious idea, although we have abundant proof that pearls were offered in this way by the mound builders of the Mississippi Valley. In this case, great quantities of pearls were burned at the obsequies of the chiefs of the tribes, or at those of any one belonging to the family of a chief. In ancient Mexico, the lapidaries adored the four following divinities as their tutelary gods. Chiconawi Itzcuintli, Nine Dogs, Nahuelpili, Noble Necromancer, Macuilcali, Five Horses, and Sintectil, the God of Harvest. A festival was celebrated in honor of the three last-named divinities when the zodiacal sign called Chico Naui Itzquintli was in the ascendant. A feminine divinity represented this sign, and to her was attributed the invention of the garments and the ornaments worn by women. The four gods of the lapidaries were looked upon as the discoverers and teachers of the art of cutting precious stones, and of piercing and polishing them, as well as of the making of labrets and ear-flaps of obsidian, rock-crystal, or amber. They also were the inventors of necklaces and bracelets. The stones worn by Chinese mandarins as a designation of their rank were undoubtedly determined originally by religious or ceremonial considerations. They are as follows. It will be noticed that red stones are given the preference. Red or pink tourmaline, ruby, and rubellite, first rank. Coral or an inferior red stone, garnet, second rank. Blue stone, beryl or lapis lazuli, third rank. Rock crystal, fourth rank. Other white stones, fifth rank. The knowledge of classical mythology was so slight among the ecclesiastics of the Middle Ages that some very queer attributions of the subjects engraved on Greek and Roman gems were made during this period. A reliquary containing a tooth of the Apostle Peter, preserved in the Cathedral of Troy, 
was set with antique gems which had been plundered by french and venetian crusaders from the treasure-house of the greek emperor in constantinople when that city was sacked in twelve o four during the fourth crusade among these gems was one representing leda and the swan certainly a curious subject for the adornment of a christian reliquary another greek or roman gem long preserved in a church was furnished by its christian owners with an inscription indicating that the figure engraved upon it was that of st michael while in reality it was a representation of the god mercury still another gem was provided with an inscription signifying that the subject was the temptation of mother eve in the garden of eden but the greek gem engraver's intent had been to carve the figures of zeus and athena standing before an olive tree a design which appears on some athenian coins at the feet of the divinities appears a serpent in a similar way the grain measure crowning the head of jupiter serapis led to the attribution of a gem so engraved to the patriarch joseph an engraved amethyst bearing the figure of a little cupid is said to have been worn in a ring by st valentine while this may be somewhat doubtful it is by no means impossible for many pagan gems were worn by pious christians who reconciled their consciences to the use of these beautiful but scarcely religious ornaments by giving to the pagan symbols a christian meaning certainly in view of the time-honored customs connected with st valentine's day there seems something peculiarly appropriate in the design of the ring supposed to have been worn by st valentine that precious stones had sense and feeling was quite generally believed in medieval times and a legend told of st martial illustrates this idea the gloves worn by this saint were studded with precious stones and when on a certain occasion a sacrilegious act was committed in his presence the gems horrified at the sight sprang out of their settings and fell to the ground before the eyes of the onlookers the saint sylvester or saint james stone is a banded agate in two colors the one dark and the other light with a cat's eye effect so that both colors are equally visible the light side represents the old year with its known occurrences and the opaque side represents the new year which is dark like futurity this is a typical stone for a new year's present or for one born on st sylvester's day the last day of the year the popular tradition is that the member of a family or a household who is last to arise on that day will be the last to arise all the year around the famous sacro catino preserved in genoa was long believed to be made of a single immense emerald but careful investigation proved that it was of no more valuable material than green glass a legend still current in the early part of the sixteenth century represented this cup or dish as having been used by christ at the last supper and stated that it was one of the utensils which king herod ordered to be brought from galilee to jerusalem for the celebration of the paschal feast 
but his purpose having been changed by divine providence, he made other use of it. A queer story has been told regarding the Genoese emerald. At one time, when the government was hard-pressed for money, the Sacro Catino was offered to a rich Jew of Metz as pledge for a loan of 100,000 crowns. He was loath to take it, as he probably recognized its spurious character, and when his Christian clients forced him to accept it under threats of dire vengeance in case of refusal, he protested that they were taking a base advantage of the unpopularity of his faith, since they could not find a Christian who would make the loan. However, when some years later the Genoese were ready to redeem this precious relic, they were much puzzled to learn that a half-dozen different persons claimed to have it in their possession, the fact being that the Jew had fabricated a number of copies which he had succeeded in pawning for large sums, assuring the lender in each case that the redemption of the pledge was certain. Among the celebrated emeralds noted by George Agricola, 1490 to 1555, was a large one preserved in a monastery near Lyon, France. This is also mentioned by Gesner, who states that it was shaped as a dish or shallow cup and was held to be the Holy Grail, like its rival at Genoa. Another of Agricola's emeralds was somewhat smaller, but nevertheless measured nine inches in diameter and was in the chapel of St. Wenceslas at Prague. This may have been a chrysoprase, as at the present day many fine specimens of this stone can be seen in St. Wenceslas, where the walls are inlaid with the golden-green gemstone still another larger than the last named was set in the gold monstrance in magdeburg and was believed to have been the handle of emperor otto i's knife since it was perforated possibly however the emerald if genuine was an oriental stone for it was customary to pierce rubies sapphires emeralds etc in the east so as to string them for necklaces or attach them as pendants to a jewel in the convent church of saint stephan in persian armenia erected about the middle of the seventeenth century it is related by the french traveller tavernier that there was preserved a cross said to be made out of the basin in which christ washed the feet of the apostles set in this cross was a white stone and the priests asserted that when the cross was laid upon the body of one seriously ill this stone would turn black if he were about to die but would regain its white hue after his death no jewelled sacred image has been the object of greater reverence than has been accorded to the rude little wooden carving popularly known as the sacro bambino or sacred baby in the old church of aracoeli in rome this figure was carved in eighteen forty seven by a monk out of a piece of olive wood from one of the ancient trees growing on the mount of olives near jerusalem the carving was executed in the holy land and was sent thence to italy and although the ship bearing it was shipwrecked this precious freight was miraculously preserved and is supposed to have been conveyed to its destination in some mysterious way 
the reverence of the thousands of pilgrims who in the course of time have gazed with veneration upon this quaint and curious work of art has found expression in the bestowal of a wealth of gems and jewels including necklaces brooches rings etc with which the silken dress of the image is studded a crown of gold adorned with precious stones rests upon the head of the olive-wood figure which is jealously guarded by the priests and only shown to the faithful as a particular favor except on the occasion of certain religious festivals one of the most renowned emeralds in the world surmounted the elaborately jewelled imperial crown that was placed upon the head of the venerated image of the Virgen del Sagrario in the Cathedral of Toledo. This emerald of a rich green color was cut as a perfect sphere and measured about forty millimeters or one and a half inches in diameter the crown itself was the work of the toledan goldsmith don diego alejo de montoya who began his task in fifteen seventy four and devoted twelve years to its completion it is described as being of almost pure gold and executed in the renaissance style curiously chased in arabesque designs and enameled in various colors the framework of the crown served as a magnificent background for the gems constituting its adornment which comprised rubies emeralds and oriental pearls a row of angels and cherubs sustained the arches which bore at their summit the allegorical figures of faith hope and charity upon that representing faith rested the splendid emerald this precious ornament was still preserved in the cathedral in eighteen sixty five but was so carelessly guarded that it was stolen in eighteen sixty nine if we are to believe the following anecdote the emerald disappeared at an earlier date it is said that in eighteen o nine during the french occupation of spain marshal junot visited this cathedral and the emerald was pointed out to him as one of the chief glories of the shrine as soon as the marshal's covetous glance rested upon the gem he plucked it from its setting remarking coolly to the astonished and horrified bystanders this belongs to me then smiling and bowing he left the cathedral with the emerald safely ensconced in his waistcoat pocket later it was replaced by an imitation in glass the famous collection of jewels gathered together in the treasury of the santa casa at loreto italy was plundered during the french occupation in seventeen ninety seven and all trace of most of the magnificent ornaments has been lost these represented the gifts of many crowned heads and titled personages among the former was the unfortunate henrietta maria wife of charles i who donated a golden heart-shaped jewel with the words jesus maria encrusted in diamonds this jewel is described as being as big as both a man's hands opened onto two leaves on one of which was the figure of the blessed virgin and on the other a portrait of the queen herself of the many rich vestments for decorating the statue of the virgin in the sanctuary 
the most splendid was the gift of the infanta isabel of flanders and was valued at forty thousand crowns in a seventeenth-century account by an english traveller it is thus described it's set thick with six rows of diamonds down before to the number of three thousand and it's all wrought over with a kind of embroidery of little pearl set thick everywhere within the flowers with great round pearl to the number twenty thousand pearls in all the same writer tells us the niche in which the statue was placed was bordered with a row of precious stones of great number size and value the colors being so varied that this bordering formed a rich iris of several colors there is also said to have been a great pearl set in gold and engraved with the image of the virgin and child it seems probable that this was a jewel made of a baroque pearl or pearls completed by enamel work so as to represent the sacred figures the pectoral cross worn in solemn processions by the prior of the monastery of san lorenzo del escorial was adorned with eight perfect emeralds five diamonds and five pearls from it hung a splendid pear-shaped pearl the gift of philip the second in fifteen ninety five and one of the finest of those acquired by this monarch in seventeen forty the cross was valued at fifty thousand crowns philip's great pearl not being included in this valuation the monastery of stronshall later whitby abbey was founded about six fifty six a d by oswy king of northumbria in fulfilment of a vow made before his victory over the pagan king penda at the battle of winwidfeld fought in november six fifty four st hilda was made abbess of this monastery and oswy's daughter elflelda took the veil and eventually in six eighty succeeded hilda as abbess she died in seven thirteen tradition relates that at this early date crosses and rosaries were made for the inmates of the monastery from the jet found in the neighbourhood the whitby jet so popular and fashionable in the eighteenth century was largely derived from the same source and since then has had several revivals until replaced by black-stained chalcedony the so-called onyx and later still by steel carved with glass and glass itself in the sixteenth century jet was popularly called black amber and cardano states that in his time beads of this material were made up into rosaries he also says that curious figures made of jet were brought from spain to italy many are unaware of the fact that a number of ornamental objects made of nephrite and jadeite unquestionably of european origin are to be seen in the quiet little town of perugia these objects collected principally in central and southern italy constitute the bellucci collection in that city this collection also contains other specimens of worked jadeite which must have been brought to europe at the time of the spanish conquest of mexico and peru 
A very interesting example shows us the utilization of a pagan Celt to form a Christian emblem. By the removal of a rectangular piece from each of the four corners of the jadeite Celt, a perfect cross has been made, the back and front of which still offer the original polish given to the material centuries ago by the Native American worker. The superstitious belief propagated in Europe by the returning Spanish sailors, very probably an invention of their own to enhance the value of their jade and jadeite, that these minerals were worn by the natives as a cure for diseases of the kidneys, whence the name lapis nephriticus, rendered the material exceptionally precious in the eyes of many, and quite possibly it may have been thought that, by transforming this object into the sacred form of the cross, a talisman would be produced that would not only effect the cure of a special disease, but would also by its superior virtue guard the wearer from harm and danger of all kinds here may also be seen some celts of european jade sewed up in little bags to be worn on the loins End of chapter seven part four